Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Jam Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1,936, the topic is training and the title is Programming Tips to Better Address Weaknesses. Uh, This podcast actually has a pairing on our YouTube channel. I made a video on the YouTube channel that will discuss the same things uh, as this podcast. Now, currently the YouTube video would be very short, just five, six minutes, and then I thought it might be nice to dive a little deeper into the details with this podcast, and I like the idea of getting to pair a podcast with a video because it allows me to just cover more information on specific topics. Uh, So for example, the topic today was sparked by a conversation with one of my clients who's a personal trainer, and we were talking about how to improve weaknesses for their clients, whether it was weaknesses in muscle development, uh, strength development, maybe they wanted to extra, like burn extra uh, calories. We were just talking about different ways to catch up on weaknesses, but also ways in which they weren't so specific, it was only for that client. They wanted to know ideas that they could use for any client. So I thought it was fun, made a good video, uh, hopefully, (laughs) and then we'll hopefully make a good podcast. So what you'll see in that video and what we're going to talk about today are three tactics you can use uh, in your programming. One is to train on back-to-back days, and I'll explain all three of these here in deeper detail in a second. Number two is the use of non-competing exercise pairings, and I'll unpack what that meant. And then number three is circuits to maximize training volume. So the first one, back-to-back training days. That's literally as you know basic of a description as it can be, <laughs> is if we want to improve a weakness, we can train that muscle or the movement pattern on back-to-back days. So for example, in the video, I was talking about how I wanted to grow my upper back. I want to get my upper back thicker. I have a relatively thick, relative to the rest of my body and the rest of my back, I have relatively thick spinal erectors, and I've actually been trying to bring them down so I can bring up the aesthetics of my upper back. I want uh, to kind of take away from some of the back development that my previous training, which was heavy, heavy, heavy deadlift focus, Uh, developed in my back. It developed very thick spinal erectors, but I kind of have like a flat or not very dense, not very detailed upper back, where it's like the middle traps, low traps, rhomboids, that kind of area uh, around like between and over top of the shoulder blades. So I want to bring that area up while bringing the spinal erectors down and even my uh, abdominal thickness, the the thickness of my uh, rectus abdominis, my six-pack muscle, and then the thickness of my obliques. So I've been doing that, and it's been a good adventure. <laughs> I can definitely see the change. I've been actually doing that for a little over, I think maybe it might even be a year and a half. I don't even know at this point, maybe a little longer, maybe a little shorter. But it's definitely been a huge difference, and I can see it in my own photos, progress photos that I take. So I'm very happy with the progress, and I'm going to continue to use that technique of training my upper back on back-to-back days. Uh, One of the other benefits of it is way back when, (laughs) uh, before I opened a Brutal Iron Gym back in 2011, I partially tore my bicep uh, tendon on my right arm. I was doing stupid heavy cable rows. There was a gym that had a 300-pound cable stack 
and I just wanted to see if I could do it, and it felt ridiculously heavy. Good gosh. Uh, and I did it, did a couple reps, then later that day, my arm was bugging me, then it just kind of kept bugging me, and I had a lot of inflammational issues. I uh, got it checked out, and that was the the kind of diagnosis is that I have a partial tear in that uh, bicep tendon. Now, I could decide to get surgery, but they said it's torn about halfway. Um, you know, I could do it if I wanted to, don't have to. Uh, I decided not to at the time because I didn't have the money for it. <laughs> um, and then also, I have an injury to my left bicep. I know. Uh, frustrating. But I tore the upper part of my bi- up left bicep, the upper uh, outside part of the bicep, trying to pick up a heavy stone one time. Uh, it was back in like 2020. My wife and I were stressed with taking care of her uh, mom after a stroke we weren't eating well weren't sleeping well and i wanted to just see if i could do it because i was getting frustrated with the the inconsistency of training inconsistency of nutrition just wanted to be like i just want to do something fun something heavy and just feel good and move something around that day well the complete opposite happened is i partially tore that bicep super bummer of a day (laughs) Uh, so what that has led to is both of my biceps are uh, they're just not in peak condition. So that means when I train my back, as much as I know how to uh, kind of mentally disassociate, mentally disengage my biceps as much as possible during back training, it still does have an impact on the heaviness that I can use in back training and exercise selection. I have to be careful with exercises that I would do either back-to-back as a superset or a pairing as a circuit, or just literally I would do one exercise then like completely then move into another exercise. There are certain ones that if I do back-to-back, it feels like it's kind of risky on the biceps. So I have found that my back will develop better and I have less risk of re-injuring my biceps by doing my upper back on back-to-back days. So that's another tactic I'll use for clients who have injuries that might limit the weight load or the per session volume that they can perform in their workouts is using back-to-back training days is a great way to get around uh, any kind of uh, injury limitation. So that's super helpful. Uh, You know, you can do it, like I'm talking about my back because that was what was in the video, but you can do it for shoulders, chest, legs, glutes, calves, you name it, we've done it. Um, Now, that's great for growth because you can create good uh, muscle damage, which stimulus for growth, but you can also use it for strength. So, for example, training your upper back the day before deadlifts is a great way to then feel your lats better during deadlifts to make sure you have lat tightness, lat engagement, because they're going to be a little sensitive. They're going to be a little sore from the day before. Now, I wouldn't want to do that right before a max effort deadlift testing day (laughs) because I don't want to go into the deadlifts with my lats pre-fatigued. But if it's a normal training uh, volume, normal training intensity, and I specifically want to better feel my lats, that is a great tactic to use uh, at that moment. Another tactic would be doing um, leg training, specifically glute training, before bench press. And that's a better way to then feel leg pressure and leg drive in bench press because your legs are going to be a little sore. Uh, So again, not going to do that on a one rep max day, (laughs) but it's a really good way to better feel uh, certain cues or certain muscles 
uh, how they are involved in larger, more compound movements. So it's a great way to bring up muscle growth, great way to bring up strength by improving uh, mind-muscle connection and mental awareness for cues. You can uh, also, by creating greater muscle damage, you can actually push the caloric recovery demand between workouts, and that can actually push for greater fat loss. So there are many benefits and many ways to strategically use uh, back-to-back training days, but I thought that would be fun to kind of give that example. Typically, if we're going to do that, day one, you're going to choose typically heavier compound movements, the, the more risky stuff. You don't want to ever get you know injured, but if you're going to think about, okay, if I'm going to do a workout, here are the bigger, heavier lifts that I would normally do. These are the smaller, more isolative lifts. You would do the bigger, heavier ones on day one. You would do the smaller, more isolative exercises on day two. So you do the more risky stuff on day one and less risky stuff on day two because on day two, you're going to be pre-fatigued, pre-damaged, pre-stressed, so you're not going to look for you know maximal risk. Then the second programming tip we can use are non-competing exercise pairings. Um, we actually have... Uh, uh, a podcast which would be really great to check out is podcast 1926. Yeah, so not too many ago, just 10 ago. And it talks about how to program exercise pairings so that we can better understand uh, the concept of non-competing exercise pairings. In the video, I was explaining the example of using ladder raises at, within the circuit for a back workout. So I was doing two back exercises, then ladder raises. And the reason why was I want to catch my back up. It was the second day of training my back, but I also want to get extra touch on my shoulders. So if, if somebody were to ask me, what do you want to get bigger? I would say everything. They say, what do you, well, what do you think is, you know, too small in your body? Everything. <laughs> so I'm always trying to find ways to get as much volume as I can eat and sleep to recover for. Uh, but that is another tactic is whether you're doing a body part that's been doubled up or just a random body part, you can pair a non-competing exercise with that movement or that focus for the day as a great way to just get uh, an extra volume boost on weaknesses. So for example, you could do calf raises on a chest day. Calves are not going to take away from chest performance, so they're non-competing but it's a great way to get an extra volume in on the calves while you have to take a rest for the chest movements anyhow. Uh, so now granted, if you're in a commercial gym, you might not have access to multiple pieces of equipment, but you can use free weight movements. So you can just pair together a non-competing free weight movement with a free weight movement that you're doing for the intended muscle of the day. So just a goofy random example, say you're doing one arm dumbbell rows. Okay, I'm gonna then take the dumbbell and maybe I'll do a single leg stiff leg deadlift. So that's a great way to get some extra glute work in while I'm also training my upper back. That's just a quick example. There's about an infinite amount <laughs> you can think of. But using non-competing exercise pairings is a great way uh, to just add in extra volume for any weak muscle or weak kind of movement component that you want to add into the training. Uh, a goofy example also for like fat loss is on an upper body day, maybe I just add in uh, 10 body weight squats for every set of upper body movements I do. Uh, 
So maybe I end up doing 10 sets or 12 sets of upper body working, like working sets. So maybe I add in 10 sets of 10 reps on bodyweight squats in between each of those. And now all of a sudden I've done 100 reps of bodyweight squats that help me burn more calories. But bodyweight squats won't necessarily take away from the recovery capacity. So I won't be able, to, I won't like delay my next leg day. I'll still be able to train a leg day just because I did 10 sets of 10 on bodyweight squats. But I will burn more calories in that workout by doing 10 sets of 10 on bodyweight squats than if I weren't. So there's a lot of strategies and ways to use these cues for fat loss, muscle building, or strength. The third thing we have is a very basic concept of just using circuits. In that podcast, 1,926, again, it's titled How to Program Exercise Pairings, we talk about when it's best to pair exercises together to make a circuit, uh, the different ways in which you can do that, whether it's competing, non-competing, uh, and then there's other strategies. But then we also talk about when it's best to just do an exercise on its own by itself. So listening to that podcast will help you create better circuits. So I would definitely encourage you to listen to that. Uh, but overall, using multiple exercises kind of back to back to back is an amazing and wonderful way to pump in a ton of volume into your typical workout time. So if you only have 20 minutes, totally fine. If you have 30, great. 40, great. 60 minutes, great. Whatever it is, you're never going to be limited by time as long as you know how to pair together exercises and create circuits. So that way you can do them non-competing, and then therefore you need very minimal rest between any of the exercises due to muscle fatigue. You're just waiting for aerobic recovery. So you can actually also turn weight training into cardiovascular training by using these structures as well. Uh, so I thought it was fun just to kind of give some awareness to those programming tips and that will help you better address your weaknesses. And again, the tips are to train on back-to-back -back training days, use non-competing exercise pairings, and then use circuits to maximize training volume. Check out that podcast. I mean, check out the video on our YouTube channel that will pair with this podcast. Uh, we I've been trying to post more on YouTube. I'm currently on a schedule of trying to post three videos a week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I uh, would love to do more, but uh, at right now I'm struggling to get uh, all the free stuff in <laughs> along with all the paying client stuff. So a, a podcast a day and three videos a week is so far the you know pretty good for consistency. I uh, will slowly work to increase that. I would love to do a video every day and a podcast every day, and I'll get there. Just take some time with uh, rearranging uh, my daily structure. And then if you have any questions or any requests for a podcast or if you have any requests for a YouTube video. So if you go to our YouTube videos and you're like, oh, this all stuff, you know, hopefully looks good. But maybe you want to learn more about XYZ. Let me know what that is and I'll make a video for you just like I will always make a podcast anytime somebody sends in a topic request. Cool. Well, if you have any questions, if you need anything, just shoot me an email at brutalironjim at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Gym. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.